Good evening, everyone. I wanted to briefly discuss two koans again, which come from the Mumon Khan. And the first one is um, Case 37, and it's a very well-known Zen koan, and it's called Joshu's The Oak Tree in the Courtyard. So the case of it is, a monk asked Joshu, what is the meaning of Bodhidharma's coming from the West? Joshu said, the oak tree in the courtyard. <clears throat> and Mumon's comment, if you can see intimately into the essence of Joshu's response, there is no Shakyamuni in the past and no Maitreya in the Buddha. And the verse, words do not convey the fact. Language is not an expedient. Attached to words, your life is lost. Blocked by phrases, you are bewildered. <clears throat> now, it's a, there's a longer version of this which I'll give you. What is the meaning of Bodhidharma coming from the West? And the teacher replies, the oak tree in the garden. But then the monk says, um, please don't teach me in reference to outside things. Um, what is the meaning of Bodhidharma coming from the West? And Joshu replies, the oak tree in the garden. <laughs> um, like the next koan I want to talk to you about too, um, the key word here is um, intimacy. That if you, if you become intimate with your life um, through Zen practice, then you can respond. You can see um, Joshu's point here that he's responding to in the, in the monk's question. Um, what is the meaning of Bodhidharma coming from the West is, a, is a, um, an opening gambit, one should say, in um, teacher-monk relationships back in China. It was an opening gambit to um, have a dialogue and test one's understanding. But it implies that there is a meaning you know, and, and if we search for the meaning and we find the meaning, then that's what the Dharma is. And of course, Joshu doesn't give him some kind of intellectual response. He points to the oak tree in the garden, in the courtyard. But if you only understand this koan in, let's say, a mindfulness sense of observation, well, you can just observe that there's an oak tree there in the garden, then you're not really embracing this koan. It's not going to the point of the koan. It's not just a matter of observing the oak tree in the garden mindfully. Right? It's becoming intimate with the oak tree in the garden. And if you really become intimate with the oak tree in the garden, then there's a way that you can present this, you know, if you work on it as a koan. But again, that's one of the distinctions between just being mindful of your life and a Zen way of being in the world. It's not just observation. You know, um, scientists can observe. You can observe mindfully what's going on. Um, but it keeps you separate 
as an observer and that which is observed. And Zen practice is always about breaking down that, that separation. In a sense, there is no oak tree there because the oak tree's roots and its branches and, and its molecules and everything are just all part of life. You can't separate it out from nature or the whole of life. And yet there it is. It's an oak tree. <laughs> but the question and the challenge is how do you how do you demonstrate that intimacy with not only an oak tree but a kookaburra, a magpie, a rose, a anything. Mm-hmm. Now the second case is also um, comes back to intimacy again in the, in the commentary. This um, case is called Maha Kashapa's flagpole. Maha Kashapa was one of the senior um, monks in the Buddha's um, Sangha. And Ananda asked Maha Kashapa, the world honoured one, in other words the Buddha, transmitted the robe of gold brocade to you. What else did he transmit to you? Kashapa said, Ananda. Ananda answered, yes. And Kashapa said, as a kind of admonition, knock down the flagpole at the cave. <clears throat> now let me um, explain this a little bit more. So Mahakashapa is one of the Buddha's senior students and Ananda is also one of his senior students as well and apparently was the Buddha's um, nephew. Apparently he had a very brilliant intellectual mind and he had a um, perfect recall. So when you hear all of the sutras, thus I have heard, it's because Ananda has heard it and has repeated it. So that's why they all start off, thus I have heard. It's Ananda repeating what he heard of all the Buddha's teachings. But he's preoccupied with this question. He's preoccupied with the transmission of teaching and the transmission from one teacher or another, which is part of the, the um, history of, of um, and, and, and essential and sort of at the core of um, teaching, keeping the Dharma alive as it goes from one teacher to another. So he's wondering what he was actually given by the Buddha outside of the outside symbol of the golden brocade. Like it, was there some kind of secret teaching that he gave you? The sec- he whispered in your ear there was a secret teaching that he gave you that no one else understands? Right? Or that Mahakashapa's got some secret understanding of life that no one else understands? Um, it's actual Ananda's preoccupation with something being missing that I have got to get which is where he's stuck. So in both cases, when a monk asks, what's the meaning of Bodhidharma coming from the West? Or um, um, what did the Buddha transmit to you? It, it implies some sense of something lacking in the monk, in the student, that they have to discover or uncover or, or get. And in both cases, the teachers in these koans are going, they're cutting through that 
in terms of it's not, there's nothing missing. There's nothing missing inside of you that you have to gain in Zen practice. It's all there. It's just that you're searching for something else or you're inquiring about something else keeps you clouded from recognising that you, you're, you're fully there with everything you need in life. Mm-hmm. So put it in modern contemporary terms. When people ask these questions, these monks ask these questions, it's coming from a place of um, suffering in themselves, um, some sense of unworthiness in themselves maybe even, that they're not enough. Mm-hmm. And the question emerges out of that, not enough. And Zen teachers are constantly cutting through that. They're not buying into it at all. That this, this moment, just as it is, you, just as you are right now, is enough. There's nothing else you've got to add on to it. And when that's experienced, it's experienced along with um, an intimacy with life. Mm -hmm. When there's nothing to gain anymore, then you're just there with, with life as it is, you know, and there's no separation. The question, in a sense, keeps you separated. So in the commentary... They say, if you can give a turning word that is intimate to this case, then you will see that the meeting at Mount Grakuta is still vigorously in session. If you cannot, then Vipassan Buddha, who's been striving from earliest times, has not yet attained true subtlety. The call is good. The answer is intimate. How many discuss this with glaring eyes. Elder brother calls, younger brother answers, the family disgrace. (laughs) There is a spring that does not belong to yin and yang. What is the family disgrace? (laughs) The disgrace of of Buddhism, the disgrace of Zen that gets tangled up in all of these questions that lead us nowhere.